You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Snippets of Genius podcast. I'm your hostess, Caroline Kay, business and success coach. And today I have part two of the premiere episode of series two. Terry Tyrrell is back and he's here to tell us how you can be seen as an organization that is really changing things. He's going to run through the critical things that you need to do to remain relevant in your business world. He's going to take us through his heroes, the best resources to help you build and scale in a way that feels good and does good. So to kick us off with part two, we're going to dive into some of the challenges, actually the biggest challenge he's had to overcome in growing his business. Over to you, Terry. The biggest challenge, I think, for us was how do we really start working for big companies at the C-suite level that will make massive change to their businesses and to the world that they live in? We had an ambition to do that. And to do that, you've got to have really, really top people around you. And you've got to be able to understand business more than you understand brand. And so I think the challenge that, that we had, and indeed that I personally had, having been a designer and a creative, was learning learning about business and learning how brands can help build businesses. As you said at the start, you know, I've spent 40 years trying to learn how to build brands. But you're only building brands, really, to help businesses grow and be more successful. So th- that was tough. And, and, the, and the difficult bit of that is that you had to have the right people in the right places. So if we're trying to work for... I'll give you one example, one client who had been a client for many, many years and stuck with us and still is for my old company is Vodafone. Now, when you're working with Vodafone, they're a global company and they have their brand in hundreds of countries around the world. You've got to be in those countries working with them for their customers in a different culture with people who aren't English, right? And and still make Vodafone look as though it's one global brand. And that's quite scary, or rather it's a hell of a challenge to actually pull all these people together to be absolutely dedicated to one organization uh, and build the brand with that organization over time. And you can't do that by being the man from Del Monte, you know, who sort of came from in Britain and went across and started selling fruit and vegetables in cans to different parts of the world. You've got to actually have people in the countries doing it for you. Uh, and those people may well, you know, carry the name of Brand Union, but actually they are a different culture. They've got different backgrounds. Some of these companies were acquired by us rather than being organically grown. How do you get them to really feel that they're part of this thing called Brand Union? What was the secret, the secret Terry? Source. Can you tell um, us? Well, the thing that I guess did it in many ways was to allow the people to do what they felt was best but recognizing that they were part of something bigger and that you know they were part of a set of values that they had to live up to. And I guess what we did, what I and others did, was we did travel around a lot. So I visited a lot of the offices as chairman of the company and you know, sort of waved the flag, but I was more curious about what they were doing to 
build the businesses in their countries. So I was learning as much as, as I possibly could about them. And I guess I was imparting a little bit of what I think they should be doing, and indeed not just me, but my other colleagues as well, in order to get that company, that organization to feel as if it's one. And it comes back to the old thing, people build businesses, algorithms don't build businesses. And you know what we had were great people who loved our company, and really wanted to do great things for it. And, you know, we, we stood in the background in many ways and just let them get on with it. I believe that if you enable people and empower people to get on with doing their job, and it's a job they enjoy doing, they will contribute to it. I think it was somebody said that if, you, if, if you're financially invested, you'll want a return. But if you're emotionally invested, you want to contribute. And, and I think Oh, that's so true. It it is so true. So you can give people great bonuses, you can get them great salaries, but unless they feel that they're really uh, achieving something, they won't contribute and you won't be able to build a great business. And that's the trick. Let the people do the work for you. I love that. That's a great piece of advice. And if there were any other factors that people should consider when scaling a company and trying to maintain that strong culture that perhaps you had when you started out, those sort of initial values, especially when you're going much bigger, bringing in other companies and going big like you did. Mm. Is there any other things they should think of? You've covered quite a few well, points. And yeah, th- there. there are actually. And this is getting a bit nitty gritty, but it's quite important, I think. You have to have the right structure, the right processes and the right systems, because I- I'm a great believer that every organization has a way of doing business. And if you want to differentiate yourself, then your way has to be the way and has to be different from all the others. So we, we did, I use the word, I I use the word carefully, but we did have to impose um, a structure on the business. So we had a playbook, you know, we had a book of when we do branding, we do it like this. So we trained people in our way of doing things and we invented some really, really standout tools that only we could use. We couldn't trademark them, but indeed they were the way we did it. It didn't matter whether you were in London, New York, Hong Kong, Singapore, Beijing, you would use the brand union set of tools basically. And that that's a very important part of it. So the culture bit's far important. People got to be invested emotionally, but actually uh, if you're going to try and build one organization, it has to be built in such a way that you use the same building blocks wherever you may be. Yeah, you adapt them here and there, but you've got to have those structures in place. Otherwise, you just have a patchwork quilt. You don't have a proper blanket. And what we did is we stitched the little bits of fabric together across the world with our processes and our systems to become one duvet if you like or one id down should i call it a global id down there you go sounds cozy <laughs> it was it was it still is and i like that i love that you're bringing things together in the right way and you know obviously with these big ideas and scaling and taking things forwards things don't always go to plan how did you maintain your motivation in these businesses it's 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 really hard and i think the important thing about long term success is that it takes a lot of hard work. I mean, it is blood, sweat, and tears to really get something like this, your business up and running and being successful. I think that you have to celebrate things, but you also have to sort of recognize, I said earlier, that if you fail, something doesn't work, don't worry about it. I mean, I can remember one amazing lady we had who's so talented. She was a writer and a copywriter, and she was unbelievably talented but she was working so hard because everybody was using her that she was just getting burnt out 
And one day, and I'll never forget it, she was working late and I was still in the office and there were a few other people around. And she just, she just completely collapsed into a flood of tears. And I just sort of, I was devastated. And I, I, I just went up and said, what is it? She just said, I can't go on. And I, I, I said, come with me. I said. And we had a terrace actually outside the office and it was a clear night. And I got her to line her back and look at the stars because it was a clear night. I said, look at the stars. Now what do you see? And she said, I see a universe out there with lots and lots of stars. And I said, well, don't worry about things because you are a, a, a speck in that universe, but a really important speck in that universe. And don't worry about it. Pick yourself up. Try again and, and take it easy, for goodness sake. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the night air or something, but she just, it revived her. I told her, go away for a, a week or so, come back, forget about work and stuff. And, and, and to this day, she says, I remember when we were out there looking at the stars you know because yeah. it makes you feel very small in the world that you live in and don't worry if you can't write the copy for that ad overnight it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter you know <laughs> let's just get on with life as it were brilliant advice and i think it's a lovely story and i think that that comes down from a lot of mindset work that you must have done personally to move yourself through those difficult times where you found yourself glued to the computer or yeah. You know, not stop tapping on those keyboards or whatever it might have been. So was there anyone that sort of helped you along that journey to sort of work on your mindset and to be able to motivate you? I'm always a bit reluctant to name names, but I mean, I think the important thing is to have somebody in the business who can keep an eye on you as well. So you may be chairman, you may be CEO, but you have to have somebody that you can go to when things aren't going the way you want them to go. And it can be a lonely thing up there when you're trying to be out there and showing everyone in the business that you're strong. But there are times when you don't feel strong at all and you just need a shoulder to, to lean on. And there have been a few people like that in our business that I felt I could trust to tell them how I felt. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, to do that because, you know, you're trying to be strong in front of all these people. And in fact, you just feel sometimes that you're at, at uh, your, your wit's end and you need somebody to talk to. And there have been a couple of people that have enabled me to do that. But the, the one thing I think that I have learned from that, the business of trying to be relevant in the world that you live in is the ability to adapt quickly and get on, you know, there are times in a business where you feel you're getting left behind. Somebody said, if there's, if you see a bandwagon, it's probably too late. And we, we did see a few bandwagons and recognize we were falling behind. So you need that stimulus personally to get up and, you know, move on. Sometimes doing the same thing that you've done for the last five, 10 years just doesn't work anymore. And you've got to find a new way of doing things. And a guy I really, really admire, probably my greatest hero is David Hockney. Because there's an artist, massively anti-establishment. I mean, goodness me, you know, what he's done in his career really shouldn't be put down on paper. But anyway, he, <laughs> he's an incredible guy because I saw an exhibition at the Tate Gallery. It must be about five, five or six years ago now. And it just took you through his life. And he was able to adapt his art in so many different ways. He used to do collages with photographs and make up a landscape. He'd do paintings on his, on his iPad. I mean, this is a guy who was an amazing artist in his own right, and he, but he was able to adapt to the changing times, but he never lost that deep belief 
of uh, wanting to do what he he does. And if you saw a recent article about him living in France, puffing away at his fags, as he always does, you know, not filters, but the real McCoy. All he wanted to do was to get back and start painting again. And in many ways, that's what I needed myself, some stimulus to be able to adapt to different ways of doing things. And I still now, to be honest, have not totally adapted to the world we live in. But um, <laughs> I keep trying. I keep trying. Oh, well, that's great. And I think having a hero and someone that inspires you and almost following their recipe for success yeah. can be a great way to get yourself back on course. Absolutely. 100%. And so what does success mean to you? Very simply, great work. Work that's admired by your clients, admired by your peers, that you can hold up and say, we did that, right? We did that. And it, it's, it, it's so important to me. I mean, there are times in my career where I've looked at something we've done and I've just looked at that and, and sort of wept it in a way and say, did we really do that? It's stunning. And that's actually what success should be about. The sense of achievement, the sense of being proud with what you and your colleagues uh, around you have done. That's success. It's, it's not about making the money. If you, if you do the great work, you know, you're going to be in demand. You're going to make the money. So don't worry about it. Just do great work. Great advice. I love that as well. Okay. What is the latest incarnation of Terry Tyrrell? <laughs> well, um, what's the latest incarnation? Well, I now uh, work totally independently as a uh, brand consultant, and I'm working with some clients that have been clients of mine for many, many years, and still, for some strange reason, want to keep coming back to me. I have no idea why, but I love doing that. I, I, I will never retire. I don't believe in the word retirement, but I'm not spending, you know, 24 hours a day uh, seven days a week doing what I do. So I'm doing my own thing free. I've left what became Super Union when WPP merged four companies together to become Super Union. Now that for me was a signal to say, come on, Terry, I let them get on with it. Time for me to go and do my own thing. So I'm, lo I'm loving that. And I suppose the one area that's really got me excited is, and I know I've said a lot in this, this chat we're having, but is culture change. And I, I truly believe that brand is all about people. And people change the world and strong cultures make great businesses that change the world. So that's what I'm doing now. Fantastic. So what's the best part about your job? I mean, I've just been involved in some amazing piece of work and I just sat down and I forgot about time because I wasn't working. I don't, I wasn't working. I was just doing what I enjoy doing. And that's the best part of my job is that it's, it's a hobby of mine. And it always has been, and I think it always will be. And when it doesn't become a hobby, that's when I'll stop. Oh, that, that sounds perfect to me as well. <laughs> and so biggest lessons in running your own business? The biggest lesson in, in running your own business is don't run your business. Let other people run it for you, because actually uh, you can't be the man from Del Monte, you know, traveling around the world, pretending it's all, oh, Terry's got to go here. Terry's got to look. It, it's about other people doing it for you. I don't mean that in a way I can sit back and do nothing. Of course I'm not. But let people and empower people to get on with the business and, and do it for you. And what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Be that a book or a podcast or yeah. something that's inspired you? Well, I know I mentioned it already, but I, I do think that we talk a lot about the importance of purpose that, you know, organizations have to contribute now to society and that perhaps they always have done but Collins and Porras all the way back when they wrote the book Built to Last they started to say that the great companies have a purpose and they were talking about purpose all those years ago and when I read that book it really did make me think 
that you have to have a very strong belief system in your business in order to be able to survive. The other, the other book, which you may or may not have heard of, uh, is called The Clue Train Manifesto. And it's a, it's a series of guys that got together just after the World Wide Web, Web had been invented. And these guys got together and they were all marketeers from around the world. And they wrote a series of manifestos. I think it was about 150. I might be wrong, it may be more than that. Manifestos of what the world will be like when the World Wide Web really took, took shape. And if you read that book and its ancient book, I mean, the World Wide Web is not that old, but it was when it was really just beginning to be something that was going to change the world. They wrote down the series of manifestos. Have a read of them because it could have been written yesterday, but they wrote Amazing. them, you know, 20, 40 years ago, whatever it is. Um, oh, that's next on my bookshelf. Yeah, I'll put a link into the podcast notes for sure. Yeah. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever received in your entrepreneurial journey? Don't allow yourself to be governed by the status quo, always challenge convention, always say there is a better way of doing what we did last week. And then the next week you can say there's a better way of doing things that we did the week before. You know, always rethink about what you do and how you do things. In that way, you will be stimulated, your people will be stimulated, and you will be put up there as an organization that could be seen to be changing things. So I think that's probably what I've been told to do. And I've taken that advice, I think, all my career. I think it's taken you to great heights. So definitely good advice to follow. Take more risks, do it sooner and just get going. But whatever you do, make sure that you're building a culture that you inspire and nurture all the way along to live your values. I think it's been wonderful to hear everything from you today, Terry. And thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you very much for inviting me. Pleasure. I'll be having to have you back soon because there's so much more we could have gone back into. Thank you, Caroline. (laughs) Thanks Thanks again. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help other people to find it too, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate and leave a review. If you know someone who wants to start or scale their business, why not share it with them too? To find out more on how I help people to start and scale, visit www.carolineK.co. That's www.carolineKay.co. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.